Welcome to Dominion Today with Kevin and Chantel Davis, a podcast where you will learn how to discover your calling, live your purpose, and fulfill your destiny. By listening to these episodes, you'll build the confidence you need to operate in dominion and authority so you can walk in the revelation of the victory that belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Now, here's your host, Kevin Davis. But a couple of things I want to share with you before we get into the word this day is that as it pertains to the prophetic words that you have received for 2023, you might say that we've come to the last day of this year and there's still things that you are contending for. There's things that you believe in God for. And now you might ask yourself, so what must I do with that word? What must I do with that which I've held on to all of that time? And all of this time throughout this year, what must I do? Well, I want you also to pay close attention to this. Is that there is also a kairos within a chronos. What does that mean? It speaks of an appointed time. That there is an appointed time. The Bible also refers to this as the fullness of time. When the fullness of time had come. That is where God steps up and steps in to a situation. We find reference of this as it refers to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ that we just commemorated last week. It speaks of the fact that when the fullness of time had come, God had sent forth. God had moved. God had prepared a way. That God had spoken. That God had released. That God had whatever in that situation and so i do not want any of you to just sort of put that word onto the shelf i do not want you even worse to just neglect that word that you had received i want you to be able to contend for it knowing that inside of every chronos there is a kairos there is an appointed time and when the fullness of time had come that you will see the manifestation of that which you have been contending for by faith in Jesus name I prophesy in the name of Jesus that indeed not one word will fall to the ground as it pertains to the promise of God over your life as an individual over your life as it pertains to your family over the life as it pertains to this church over the life of you as a business as a ministry not single a single word will fall to the ground in the name of Jesus that which God had spoken that which God had released behold it will surely come to pass in Jesus name in Jesus name I also want us to understand the fact that God declares in Amos chapter 3 and verse 7 surely the Lord God will do nothing without revealing his secret to his servants the prophets Krista can you just check the sound here for me please Amos 3 7 surely the Lord God will do nothing without revealing his secret to his servants the prophets you know for many years I have sort of shied away from that which God had called me to do to be a truth sayer to speak the word of God with boldness 
with precision and accuracy. My grandmother used to tell me, and even then reminded me when I was with her again in July, after the passing of my grandfather. And she reminded me of the fact that when I was five years old, and as I was staying with her, there was a time when every day I went to her. She was the one who, in essence, schooled me. She's the one who trained me. I spent my days with her for that particular year when I was five years old. And she reminded me of the fact that when I was five years old, I would pick up back, back then, which was the telephone book. How many of you remember the telephone book? <laughs> and it was a thick book. And I would take up this telephone book and I would open it up and I would even then later on put it underneath my arm. And with my right hand I would point and I would say, Thus saith the Lord. I would say, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And it's things that I had not recognized. Because you see, we grow up in a religious system where the moment there appears to be a call of God on your life, the default is go to Bible school, become a pastor, plant a church, and be effective in the work of the ministry. But we neglect to say to people that even during the time of training, their formation years, to do the work of an evangelist, we failed to recognize the fact that God had called some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. There is an overemphasis on pastor. And recently we have seen a surge of those who falsely enter in to the mantle and office of prophet and apostle. Calling themselves that without any sign, without any evidence as to that divine call and function. And people would say that there are all kinds of prerequisites as it pertains to any of the other four. Where man can affirm you as pastor or maybe even evangelist. But as it pertains to the other things, as it pertains to the other offices and functions, then they would come up with all kinds of prerequisites that God himself might very well not even recognize. And one of the other things that I've been contemplating on and thinking about even in this week that I've never shared publicly, Is that even before I was born, because I was not, call it particularly planned. And so my mom was worried about the future. She was concerned as to what the future would hold as it pertains to my life. And this person that she's now carrying in the womb. And it was at one particular night that she cried out to God, all alone. Saying, Lord, what will come of me? What will come of this boy, of this child that I'm about to bring into this world? And it was then that she says that she had an angelic visitation. An angel of the Lord had been dispatched to her in a time of distress, in a time of need, in a time of despair and sorrow. 
And it was there that the angel of the Lord had come to her and said to her, Do not be afraid. Do not be fearful. For the one that you are carrying in your womb will do great and mighty things in the kingdom of God. This is something I've never shared publicly before. And this morning, I don't want anyone to think that this morning I'm making it all about myself. I'm sharing certain things with you so that you can understand as to where we're about to go in 2024 and beyond. Because there's certain things that I need to come out with. There's certain things that I need to share. There's certain things I need to disclose to you so that you can understand. Understand what's been happening these last three years and understand what's about to happen the next three years of where we're about to go. And it's because people have not understood. It is because people have not understood the call, the plan, the purpose that God has for my life. They have heard the vision, they've heard the mandate, but because they cannot put their finger on me, because they cannot truly define me, because they cannot put me in a box marked Pentecostalism, marked charismatic, marked this, marked that, they fail to understand and fail to recognize that which God is wanting to do in this earth, in this hour, where behold, even now, the fullness of time has come for the message of dominion to go out into all of the world. That time has come. And in 2014, I told some of you this a while back. But in 2014, after we had come back from the United States of America during our first ever trip there, I was struggling with some jet lag. If you've never experienced jet lag, it's quite something to experience and to have to contend with. The clock says sleep, but your mind says let's go. <laughs> and at that particular point in time, my twin boys were just two years old. They had just turned two years of age. And so this one particular night, you know, I'm restless, I can't sleep. They are restless, they can't sleep. And so at one particular point in time, they obviously do what little boys do. They come to mom and dad's bed. Back then, we still just had a queen-size bed. But even a queen-size bed gets small when there's already a mom and a dad. And then two active boys and even a dog that's wanting to also contend for some space. And so at one particular point in time when, when I awoke, and, and obviously I could see them laying quite uncomfortably, you know, at the age of two, you know, children just seem to, they can lie however they want on a bed. And I'm thinking, if that was me, no ways would I even fall asleep. And so what I did is I got up and I adjusted them and just got them snug in the bed. And then I went to the spare bedroom and I was just thinking, let me just go and have a sleep there. Mom can rest. Children can rest. I can rest. Let's do that. And as I was about to fall asleep in the early morning hours in 2014, suddenly there was a light that shone in my room. And my first instinct, which was not even, I mean, it happened so quickly, there was no time to rationally think about what was happening. My first reaction was I got up thinking that it's now Evan, the, my oldest born son. 
who was entering the room and he had switched the light on. And my first reaction was, switch the light off. I don't want anyone to get awake. And as I rushed up and as I got up and stood on my two feet, there was no one. The light was not on. And immediately what dropped into my spirit was that which Eli had said to the young Samuel when he was still being trained up as the one who would be called as a prophet of God. To say, speak Lord, for your servant is listening. But in this particular case, I did not say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I said, Father, speak, for your son is listening. And as I went back into my bed, as I closed my eyes, that same light, you know, where you could look at the sun and your eyes are closed, but you, even now as I'm looking into the lights, you can perceive light. As I closed my eyes, again, that light, that bright light shone. And I realized that the King of Glory had entered into my room. And the next moment, I could feel His embrace. I could feel Him. But my eyes was closed. And it's interesting in that moment as I was thinking it's like there was this fight between the natural mind and the mind of the spirit <laughs> because in the natural mind I'm thinking if I open my eyes and I look into his eyes I'll die but then on the other hand I'm thinking I don't want to open my eyes and miss anything and this is all there is now is this moment and it's as though the, the time just did not exist. I experienced the realm of eternity in that moment. And as I held on to him and I could feel him holding on to me, I was caught up. And I could feel just going. And it's as though the Lord Jesus had took me across the earth and there's things he said to me things he showed me and i've never spoken publicly about this and the things he said i'm not even going to share now because these are things that are yet to come of things that need to happen and after this supernatural encounter and as i went back and i could feel i'm in bed It took me back to an encounter the Lord wanted me to have. All the way back then when I was only 11 years old. When I had seen a VHS cassette tape that my father had brought to the home. Where he saw certain, call it Christian figures, moving in the realm of the spirit. But he was not open to that. He was absolutely opposed to it. But when I saw those images, because my father wanted to show me, to shock me, to expose and lay bare that which was happening in the 
church. But while I was looking at those images and seeing the supernatural power of God at work, I could not understand in my own natural mind how it is possible that all of that which I was seeing could have been the work of the devil. Yet every single person that they interviewed that was talking about the encounters they had with God and how this had all brought them closer to the heart of God and the miracles that had happened, I could not imagine and fathom with my mind, even as a child, how it is possible that the devil could be so stupid that he would touch people's lives and in Instead of seeing the devil for who he is, they give God all the glory. I mean, talk about it being counterproductive. It's the work of the devil, but it brings people closer to the heart of God. So that night I went. And I went by the side of my bed and I went on my knees. I remember this so vividly. My bed was right there on the one side of the wall. And then on the other side of the wall was my brother's bed. We shared a room and I was praying. And it was there already as I began to pray that there was a rumbling sound in the atmosphere. And as I began to pray, I could feel a shaking. But you know what the problem was is that I saw those scenes. And I heard the voice of my father who was warning me against that which I was seeing. And that which I was about to experience saying this is the work of the devil and so you see i was not going to open up my life to the devil i was not going to open up my heart to any kind of demon i was not going to be possessed by the demon of hell or any demon of hell and so i got afraid and i shot back up went back to sleep and everything ceased in the room until the next day the next night i went and i knelt and i prayed and it was there when i was again it was like in the beginning phases of being caught up in glory where I could not fathom it with my human understanding. It certainly did not fit the parameters of the religious system that I was in at the time. But there was once again a rattling sound. There was a movement that was happening in my room. I kid you not, the place was shaken. There was a wind that was blowing in the room. And as I looked, my brother was fast asleep. And I knew that there was no way that this is natural. I realized then that that which I'm experiencing in my room is supernatural. And that he was oblivious to that which was happening. It's as though once one part of me was in the natural world, but another part of me was completely in the realm of the spirit. But then they completely freaked me out. And so unfortunately, I got back up on my feet. I got back into my bed. And I never prayed that prayer again. Until the fullness of time had come. Until I had my Kairos moment within the Kronos realm of time. And there's things that the Lord had told me to do that I've suppressed. Because of what would people say? What would that one say? Because that which the Lord has, what He's given me to do and that which He's told me to share. And to give. And to lead. And to build. And to establish does not fit the religious framework of the past. 
I'm not saying that which we are doing and that which we're about to embark on goes beyond Scripture. Not at all. But how many of you know that there's been times where we read Scripture, but the fullness of that which is written is not revealed. It's not shared. It's not given. I mean, we all know Acts chapter 2 as spirit-filled and spirit-led believers. I mean, it's as though we cannot read Acts chapter 2 in the same way as before we had grabbed a hold of that revelation. And yet, even today, there are churches that would just read, you know, when all the disciples were together in one accord, in one place, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled together. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Because that's the way I grew up. But then you begin to realize that that which is written in the book of Acts still applies to me. Still applies to us. It's still for us to this very day. I mean, we are the Phillips of this generation that preaches one moment. In one particular area, location or setting. And after preaching the gospel is caught up and is translated miles away into a different setting, speaking to a different group of people. People quick to say, let's go back to the book of Acts. Are you ready for the book of Acts? People want the promises of the book of Acts. People want to experience the manifestation of the book of Acts. But hey, there's also some scriptures in the book of Acts. That I really want to ask you, are you ready for that? Are you ready for the fullness? Are you ready to step into a realm that is beyond that which you could have ever have begin to imagine? Even last night as I was in bed and I was praying and meditating upon today, the Lord showed me. That one of the greatest things that we're going to break through as a church... Because this Dominion Church, this is not just a church, this is a movement. People might say, well, where is that this and where is the that and how? Where? Like, why are there not thousands of people? They're not thousands yet, but I'm telling you. Grab a hold of that which God is saying. Grab a hold of that which God is showing those who truly have opened up their eyes to the realm of the Spirit. Let him who have an eye see. Let him who have an ear hear. What the Spirit of the Lord is saying and doing in the church today. Because I do not know about you. Or let me say, I know that those of you who are here today at Dominion Church and those watching and listening to the sound of my voice, I am speaking to a people who do not just approach this book as a historic book. This is not just a book of history. This is not just a book of stories. But you see that this is a book of instruction, of principles, and also of promise. And that when you begin to live your life according to that which is written, I'm telling you, things begin to happen. And so with that, I want to just say this. Is that as we have entered into this year, 5784, already in September, according to the Hebrew calendar, people have coined this year as the year of the open door. And there's many churches that will go according or along those lines. However, 
that which the Lord has shared with me pertaining to this year is not just the year of the open door. Because it's much deeper than that. It's wider than that. To simply call it just the year of the open door is just, in essence, in one way, it's too broad, but it's too minimalistic. It's too small. And so tonight, I'm going to release from 10.30 p.m., as we start the crossover service, which is going to be exclusively online on Facebook and YouTube, I'm going to be unpacking many things with precision and pinpoint accuracy as to that which 2024 holds for us as a church, but also for us as a nation and even the nations of the world. Here's a, a, a little bit of a taste of that which is about to come. Of that which I will share tonight. One of the things the Lord showed me is that 2024 will be a year of anomalies. What does that mean? It means that we will see once in a lifetime events. Or things that were only supposed to happen once in a lifetime. Once in every generation. That suddenly there is going to be an acceleration of those things. Where you might have never seen that before. You see it. And then you see it. And then you see it. Again. The first time it happens. It will be called an anomaly. It will be called something that is totally and utterly outside of the norm. It's never happened before. Or it's never happened in our lifetime or in this generation. But it will keep on happening. This will also be a year of intensity. Everything will begin to intensify. Now behold that which I'm sharing with you. You can most definitely see in a very positive light. But also in an extremely negative light. And I want to just say this to every single one. Every born-again, spirit-filled believer, you do not have to fear 2024 and beyond. That even if the world says there is a pressing down, the Spirit of the living God says there is a lifting up. So even those who might prophesy certain calamities and chaos and confusion of which there will be a lot in 2024 and beyond it will intensify but let your heart not be troubled let your heart not be consumed instead lift up your hands and your arms for knowing that salvation and favor and blessing comes from the Lord. Even other things specifically the Lord showed me is that this is going to be a year of massive contention among nations for what is referred to as the final frontier, which is space. You're going to see something that will in essence even dwarf the space race of the 1960s. When a handful of nations were contending to be the first man in space, to be the first one to go all the way to the moon, the first one to land a man on the moon, 
in 2024, there is going to be a greater intensity as it pertains to space exploration and in pursuing this final frontier. Other things I'm going to share with you tonight. But getting back to this morning and specifically for today, I want you to get your Bibles as we open up to the book of Revelation chapter 3. I'm just going to come down. Revelation chapter 3. From verse 7 and 13. Revelation chapter 3. In verse 7 it says, And to the angel or the messenger of the assembly of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of the Holy One, the True One, He who has the key of David who opens and no one shall shut, who shuts and no one shall open. What does that remind you of? That which is written in Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shut on earth will be shut in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And you see, the time has come. And this is what I believe this year holds for us as born-again, spirit-filled, and spirit-led believers. Is that this is going to be a year of reawakening. That this is going to be a year of Christians finally waking up to the full reality of heaven. That you will understand that you are a spirit being having an earthly experience. That you are more spirit than you are flesh. That this world is not your home. That does not mean that we are not to influence this world. We are to influence this world with the reality of heaven. For we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And the work of an ambassador is to accurately reflect and represent your king and your kingdom. The work of an ambassador is to showcase to that host nation that there is a better way. That there is a more efficient way. That there is an even more productive way. In going about certain things. You see one of the things we need to grab a hold of. And step into. Is this. Is knowing. Who you are. In understanding your true identity. Om te weet dat jy weet dat jy weet dat jy weet wie jy is. That you need to know who you are. And also that you would need to know whose you are. That your life is not your own. You might have come to this earth being born according to the dictates of the flesh. But that is why you have to be born again, born of the Spirit of God. 
For when we remain in the flesh, we will die to the flesh and in the flesh. But when we die to the flesh and even in the flesh, that is when we are quickened in the realm of the spirit. And that is the realm that we need to operate in as believers. You see, one of the greatest things that we have fallen into, unfortunately, that, that happened over nearly 2,000 years in essence, but call it 1,700 years, where the Christian church, giving way to Catholicism, a works-based religion that was all geared towards dumbing people down, not giving people access to the Word of God. Do you know that the church outlawed Bibles in the vernacular of the people? Do you know that people were burnt at the stake because they dared to translate the Bible into the language of the people? That's what happened. That's what happened even to, until a few hundred years ago. And it was on the 31st of October, 1517, that Martin Luther finally had enough. And on the door of the church in Wittenberg, Germany, he nailed to that door what is now referred to as the 95 Thesis. 95 different points, accusations that he brought against the church of the time. A church that has succumbed to a counterfeit religion, of it becoming a works-based religion. A church that has made its goal, made it its goal, to create dependence instead of making disciples. To dumb people down so that the only one able to speak into their lives is a man of God. Believing that it is somehow unlawful for you to access God on your own. I'm not saying that God does not use man. I'm not saying that God does not use men and women of God over the, over the centuries, over the millennia. And even today, not against that, not saying that. Otherwise, I would not even be here today. But what I'm saying and stressing is you have to get out of, you have to rid yourself of man-made systems. Systems that once more keep you bound. Systems that have been designed, engineered to keep you as a slave. A system that bends you to the will of your master. And it might be a person. It might be a group of people. But that is what unfortunately has happened over the two millennia that the church has come into existence. There have been those who have tried to infiltrate the church. There have been those who have tried to expo exploit those in the church.
using the church for their own selfish gain and benefit and selfish desires. That even happens to this day, where people use and abuse the gospel for their own benefit, for their own gain, for their own profit. They are those who merchandise the anointing that God had given them. And they would have to give an account unto the Lord. And so we have to, in essence, lay down, cast off, before we can enter in. I cannot stress this greater than maybe going on my knees and begging you. To get rid of the old. To get rid of man-made religion. To get rid of the counterfeits. To get rid of the things that we think is so appealing to God. But God looks at those things with disdain and disgust. Because it has become an abomination to Him. We think that we project that unto Him. And meanwhile, He's closing His ears. For it is unto Him as nothing but noise. This is why even in the Old Testament, God said that I hate your feasts. I hate these acts of worship. Because it is nothing more than ritualistic practice. It's nothing more than a funeral. You look all good, but no way to go. Trying to project something of stature, of status, of authority and power. But meanwhile, you're void of everything. This is why Jesus looked at the religious people of his time, the Pharisees, and called them a brood of vipers. He called them nothing more than whitewashed tombs. There are many people who make the right noises. They say all the right things. Where in 2023, it seems that for you to fit the criteria of being a man of God, you have to look this way. You have to sound this way. Maybe even have to smell the way. And that is because the church has given in and has substituted the authentic, the true, the holy, the noble, and that which is righteous for a counterfeit man-made religion that is all about self. Self-exaltation, self-promotion, self-gain. Even if it means it's at the detriment of the ones whom you have been called to serve. By making dependence instead of disciples. And so we have to get rid of the fluff. Let's cut away the fluff. There's certain things that, hey, if that is what you want to do, then go for it. But I want you to understand that there's certain things 
that God has prescribed as it pertains to authentic worship. And then there are other things that just becomes a weight, becomes a burden, because it is a falsehood. Because Christianity has never been about stuff. Christianity has actually been about getting rid of stuff. And unfortunately, under the 1,700 years of Catholicism, they have once again reintroduced a works-based system. Where many people feel, even as the bishop Ignatius, in the year 300, made a statement, thou shalt do nothing without the bishop. The effects of that is still seen today. You say, why? Why is it that I have to get a phone call? Pastor, you've got to pray for this situation now. Have you prayed? I am not your mediator. I am not your substitute. There is going to be a time of reckoning where you will stand before Jesus for yourself. And that is where you will not be able to call upon Pastor Kevin to come and help you. You have to grow up. This is a call to maturity. A time will come where you will be asked, how did you appropriate the measure of faith that has been given to you? And that call will come to all. And that, on that day, you cannot hide behind your wife. You cannot hide behind your husband. You cannot be behind that family member. Well, Lord, I would have done so much more. My my husband just never wanted to. My wife just never wanted to. My children just never wanted to. My squin ma voni. My squin pa voni. Oh, my ma, my pa. A day of reckoning will come. Where you and each and every one of us will have to give an account as to how we appropriated the measure of faith that we've been given. And so this is a call to maturity. This is a call for all of us to grow up because you know what? If we are truly going to take this mandate and this vision and this call and this message of dominion to every part of the world, we require mature believers. Mature believers that can actually work towards that mandate, that call, that vision and not run around with a Kleenex to see whose nose they can help blow next. Whose diaper they need to change next. These things that are available to you, press in. There are resources that are available to you, use them. There are teachings right now, hundreds of teachings available for free on Spotify that I've taught, that I've preached, that I've shared. Listen to them. You can even listen to them 1.5 times faster, two times faster. So you can get through twice the number or double the number of messages than you would have if you just listened to it in normal speed. But going further, I know your record of works and what you are doing. But now listen to the C. And I want you to pay close attention to this word. 
Because it is followed by an exclamation mark. In other words, this is something that is said with a loud voice. It is something that is being emphasized. See. And so here's the question. Are you even looking? Because you cannot see if you're not looking. And now if you are looking, as I know you are, can you see? Do you see? What are you supposed to see? Hear the words of Jesus as he says, that I have set before you a door wide open, which no one is able to shut. So what are we supposed to see? Not only are we supposed to see a door, but it's a door that is already wide open. You see, this scripture nullifies, and even that which we're entering into into this new year, nullifies any justification or excuse. Well, I don't know why it's not opening. I don't know why it's not happening. Do you see that the door that I've opened for you is already wide open? And you know what he says? This is a door which no one can shut. The devil has come in 2023 to do his utmost to prevent the door from opening up in the first place. Because the promise was, I will open up a door which no man can shut. That means that when the door has opened, it cannot and will not never shut. And sadly, there were those who gave up in this year. I am saddened by the amount of people, men and women, some even children this year, who believed a lie of the devil and making the permanent decision based on a short-term issue to end it all. Whereas months ago I started warning people about the fact that you need to master the breaking point. That I urged you not to give up. To master the breaking point. Because now behold, I have opened up for you a door wide open that no man nor devil in hell will be able to shut. But it goes on. And I love this part because typically we would only read so far. But listen to this. I know that you have but little power. Other translations speak of the fact that I know that you have little strength left. You've given it your all this year. And I've seen you. The Lord sees you. I know you have given your all. 
And so you are ending 2023 empty, having given all of yourself. But I want you to know that you are starting 2024 full, fresh, restored, revitalized, reawakened, realigned for the fullness of God that is about to manifest in your life as an individual, in your family, in your business, in your ministry, in the name of Jesus. I know that you have but little power. But listen to this. And yet you have kept my word. And you have kept, you have guarded my message and have not renounced or denied my name. In other words, in my own words, you have mastered the breaking point. When you had gotten to the lowest of low, and you might have thought that all hope was lost, you might have even contemplated ending it all. But because you have not forsaken, you have kept and you have guarded the word of God. And you have not denied his name. The Lord says it is then. And it is because of that. As I was saying a few weeks ago. Where he intervenes in the full expression of his name. Of his nature and of his character. For his name's sake. He opens up a door because you have done all of that. Not because of the works per se, but because you have held on. Because you have clinged on. You have said, I will not forsake my first love. I will not give up. I will not give in. And as a result of that overflowing joy, peace, and abundance, Abundance becomes your portion and reality in Jesus' name. I want to end with this. A few months ago in September, as I said, I shared a couple of things pertaining to doors. And I want you just to hear this. Now, 2024, as it pertains to this church, this ministry, this movement, we're not just calling it the year of the open door. But there are certain things that are significant as it pertains to a door or doors. You can go and read the rest of Revelation chapter 3 verse 7 to 13. For the sake of time, I'm just going to go ahead quick. There are five key truths that you need to grab a hold of as it pertains to doors. Number one, you have to be careful... Because certain doors are often overlooked. You see, even though the door is wide open, it might just be just around the corner. It might be obstructed to a certain extent. And so certain doors are often overlooked because of it even being perceived as an obscure door because you get to the door and you were thinking that this door would you know it would have golden panels 
You get to the doorway and you would think that it would be all adorned with gold and gemstones. And as you get closer, you would hear an angelic sound. And as you approach, you hear a voice that says, welcome. But there's certain doors that it might seem insignificant. And you might get to it and you might even think, is this it? Really? Is this it? Do not prejudge that door. Do not overlook or despise the wide open door because of certain preconceived ideas or because of traditional or even church conditioning of the years that had gone by. Were you led to believe that when the door opens, it should look this way, it should sound that way, it should this, it should that. It's not how it is. Number two, some open doors aren't that glamorous. And as a result, they remain unseen, tying into what I just said. And as a result, they can only be discerned by the Spirit of God. As you begin to operate in the realm of the spirit. Number three. Also know that because the devil knows that this is the year of the open door. And he knows that he cannot shut the door that God has made wide open to you. Do not be surprised. When he himself opens up a few counterfeit doors for you. And you know what? Because he loves and knows how to go after self. Because he was the one who fell as a result of pride. And understands how pride is such a thing in the church. When you see two doors and you see the one and it seems insignificant. But the other one covered in gold and gemstones with a light that's, you know, it's like a, a runway that shows, come here, come here, come here. I mean, maybe you've got some host, hosts or hostesses, you know, there with the hors d'oeuvres. They've got, you know, they're ready to receive you. But the other one, the door looks a little bit like, hey. Do not be deceived. Because not all doors are doors that are ordained by God. The devil knows your desires. He knows man very well. Which is why he was able to tempt Jesus in three areas where many would have already succumbed as a result of that which is on offer. And so possibly you can even say that this being the year of the open door, this can also be the greatest or the year of great temptation. This can also be the year of great deception. This can also be the year of the counterfeit. This can also be the year where there will come opportunities for you to promote self, to exalt self, to position self, and things that would result in the gratification of self 
Number four. Also know that certain doors God will close as you step in. Certain doors, certain relationships. I'm not talking about marriages. You married. That's covenant. That's for life. Until death do us part. And so it's not about changing your spouse. It's about changing yourself. As it relates to your relationship with your wife or with your husband. So when I say relationships, I'm talking about toxic relationships. I'm talking about people who will try and lure you back in to toxic relationships and situations. Why? Because of the benefit that they can extract from you as a slave. There were certain things that you were a part of. Without you knowing it, you were a slave. You say, hey, I was happy. That's just from the perspective of hindsight. Because you have distanced yourself from that situation. Your mind is created in such a way to only be able to really remember the good. That is what helps you to move on with your life. Which is why we see the Israelites desiring to go back, even if it meant going back to the whip of the Egyptian. Because they thought to themselves that even that is better than trusting God in the wilderness. How many times did they not say, well, let's go back to Pharaoh. Let's go back to Pharaoh. Let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to what? To your shabby home. To your makeshift home. No. To your lack of bread. To the scraps that fall from the master's table. To only eat when the master says you can eat. To only do something when the master says you can do something. For you to be beaten up. Just by being you. That is toxic. That is abuse. And I pray that in this year, you will be able to close the door of abuse. Physical abuse. Emotional abuse. Spiritual abuse. Where people have sought you not because of you. But because of what you bring, because of what you do, because of the benefit that you carry as it, as it pertains to that which they want to achieve and that which they want you to do for them. So get rid of those things. Close those doors once and for all. Many people are afraid to close that door. But you know what? By closing that door, it actually signals your beginning, your new beginning, which is why I can already tell you, and I'm going to say this tonight as well, but I can already tell you that 2024 is going to be a year of great reset. I'm not talking about the WEF, World Economic Forum, you know, you will owe nothing and be happy, the great reset. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that where many people would have said, you know what, I would have loved to have gone into the past, into history my past to right certain wrongs to redo certain aspects of my life and what the lord showed me is that 2024 is going to be a year of fresh beginning it's going to be a year of great reset
where you would be able to press the reset button and you would be able to start afresh, that you would be able to start anew, that you would be able to build and establish something that is brand new and yet having learned the valuable lessons from the past. That God is about to wipe clean all of the pain, all of the hurt, all of the condemnation, all of the confliction, all of the things that have inflicted you, all of the things that have taken away from your overall well-being, the things that have been tiring you, the things that have been even boring you, the things that have been hurting you, all shame, all guilt, all condemnation will be washed and stripped off you in the name of Jesus as you make the decision to close the door to your past and step into the door that is made wide open for you in Jesus' name. And then finally, number five, you also need to be able to trust in God's timing. For you to step into that open door. Because it is not a matter of just saying that because of Kronos. You count down with everyone else in the world. Well, in South Africa tonight or on this time zone. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Happy New Year. And now, hey, open door. Hey. I want you to remember this. There is a Kairos in a Kronos. The time has come on the clock, on the watch. Klong, midnight. A new day. A new week. A new month. A new year. But you have to be patient for the fullness of time to come. As it pertains to your life, as it pertains to your promise, as it pertains to that which you, which you and your family, you and your business, you and your ministry that you're contending for. So be patient. Do not try and kick open walls that you think might lead to a door. Do not create an Ishmael when God has promised you an Isaac. Do not try and take shortcuts. When God is wanting you to build up endurance. Because there are many shortcuts available to people. Quick fixes. Easy access. By tomorrow you can have a doctorate. Well, you can have pretty much any degree nowadays. Honorary this, honorary that. By this time tomorrow, I mean, you can reinvent yourself. You can change your bio on social media now. You're the president of this. You are the entrepreneur. You are the owner of 50 businesses. You can change your bio to say whatever you want right now. So there are many people who try and fake it till they make it. And sadly, because of the fakeness that they engage in, they never make it. Be real, be authentic. Wait upon the Lord. Abraham had to wait 25 years. I mean, Joseph had to wait at that stage, which was almost half his life. 
until he became 30 years of age to see the promise. Even after he had given the word, even after the cupbearer was restored and he had said to him, remember me once you are reinstated. Two more years passed before he remembered the name Joseph. There are many who have been in a season of Joseph, a Joseph season. And you have done so much. You have remained faithful. You have done so much for many others. Even in a time when you yourself had little. Even when you could not even see the end of tomorrow really, what it's going to hold, but yet you cling on and you hold on to God. But there comes a moment in time when the fullness of time has come. When Pharaoh, the king, calls you by name and summons you. Says, I've heard of you. Your reputation precedes you. I hear you are a man that can do what no one else can. Where have you been all my life? <laughs> Look at these losers that I've got. They claim to know everything, but they know nothing. And yet, yeah, yeah, you are. And so this is what God is wanting to do in your life. He's opening up a door which no one would be able to shut. A wide open door. And so tonight, I'm going to go into much greater detail as it pertains to 2024. But even on this particular point, I want to just end in this particular way is I want to ask you that if you are here this morning and you have never ever given your life to Jesus you've never bowed your knee you've never confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord this is your moment this is your opportunity to do just that to say Jesus here I am forgive me of my sin I accept you as my Lord and Savior that's your moment my second invitation is for those who might have received Jesus many years ago, but you know what? Something happened along the way. It could have been something that you did, or it might have been as a result of something that happened to you, something unforeseen, something that did not happen as a result of your own choosing. It could have been as a result of a betrayal of a friend or a loved one, a divorce, a bankruptcy, retrenchment, something that happened that totally and utterly shocked your world. It rocked your boat took the carpet right underneath your feet. I want you to know today that irrespective of where you've been, irrespective of what it is that has happened to you, irrespective of your experiences, you can come back to Jesus and say, Lord, I repent. I'm coming back. And so do not enter 2024 as a prodigal or a vagabond drifting through yet another month, and another month, and another month, and another year, and another year. Make that decision today to say, Jesus, I'm coming back. And then my third invitation is for those who say, I might not have the assurance of salvation. Where the devil is constantly lying to you, reminding you of your past. The devil might be telling you that you're not good enough to be a partaker of the kingdom. You're not good enough to be a child of God. 
Now I want you to know it's never about you being good or good enough. It's not what you do. Salvation is not something that can be earned by means of works. Salvation is something that is offered as a free gift. That's why it's called the free gift of salvation. It's offered up to you for free. And it is by His grace that He offers this to us. For the Bible says that all have sinned and all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. But the Bible continues to say, but whoever believes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can become partakers, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And so this is our moment. Because you need to know today that there is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And you do not have to go to a devil's hell when you can be with him for all of eternity. And even right here on this earth, while you are still alive, on this side of eternity, that you are called to rule and reign with Christ, in Christ, in heavenly places. And so on the count of three, if this is any one of you, just lift up your hands on any one of these three invitations. One, two, three. I want to pray with you this morning. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for this one. Anyone else? I want to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Okay. I saw your hand. Can you quickly come? And your hand as well. Can you quickly come? I want to pray with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And so I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And I want you just to say this out loud and believe it with your heart. And everyone else who's here, you can join in. And those who are watching can join in as well. Let's just close our eyes. Let's pray. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I confess that I've sinned against you. I now repent of all of my sin and ask that you will forgive me. I now receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life. Touch me. Change me. Set me free. Fill me with your spirit. Let me never be the same again. Father, I believe that Jesus Christ has come to die in my place. I believe that he was buried. And I believe that three days later, he rose in victory. I now receive the victory that was established for me through the finished work of the cross. I thank you for life and life abundant. I declare that from today, I will live for you. Give me a passion to reach the lost, no matter the cost. Give me a boldness to share the good news with my friends and my family from today give me a hunger for more of you I declare I am yours use me in Jesus name Amen, Amen. but I want to end 
by giving us all an opportunity to sow. For we said that today was going to be a day that would be marked by prophecy as well as thanksgiving. And so this morning, we're about to give thanks unto the Lord for this year. You say, you look back at this year and you might say, Pastor Kevin, what do I have to really be thankful for? Well, you're alive. You're alive with possibility. You have mastered the breaking point. Many others have given up. Many others were so consumed with fear and sorrow and despair that their hearts failed them. But here you are. But I want us all to also know that there is something really powerful that is even activated in the realm of the spirit when you are able to give thanks ahead of time. It's easy to say thank you after the fact. It's easy to say thank you. When someone says, follow me, I want to show you something. And you walk and you see, hey, there's a gift. There is a car. There is a house. There is a business. There is breakthrough. There is victory. It's easy for us to give thanks after the fact. But there is something powerful that is activated in the realm of the spirit. The moment we choose, and it's a conscious decision, we have to choose to give thanks ahead of time. You see, the moment you grab a hold of a seed by faith, and you prepare that seed, even now as you fill in the details on that offering envelope. The moment you release that seed into the offering bowl. Whatever monetary value was associated with that seed. Whether it was sown physically as cash. Whether it was done by means of EFT online. It makes no difference. But by that which is in essence symbolized by that offering envelope irrespective of the monetary value the moment it leaves your hand and it becomes seed that is sown it is stripped of its monetary value and it becomes a spiritual force that moves with force precision in the realm of the spirit and that is what also enables you to be able to grab a hold of that which is still reserved for the future where you stretch yourself forward into the future, grabbing a hold of it by faith and bringing that, those things that are not, as though they are, and you bring it into your right year and right now. I want to share a few keys with you, and then we're going to receive this morning's offering. And this is also going to be a time for us to honor the Lord with our tithes and to sow seed into fertile ground. I want to just share this as it pertains to favor, then I'm done. Favor, divine favor. Because I want us to know that there is something that we would refer to as the blessing of God. But then there is something which goes beyond just merely the blessing. And we access the realm of God's blessing favor. 
What is blessing? It is God empowering you to prosper. You do the work. God blesses the work of your hand and you receive multiplied back to you that which you put in. That is blessing. But the favor of God speaks of divine endorsement. It speaks of a divine backing of the fullness of God in heaven. Where God is able to release unto you the fullness of heaven. Into your lap, into your life, into your family, into your business, into your ministry. From His unlimited riches in glory. In other words, the favor of God is not merely bound to that which you do. It is not merely bound to your input that results in output. The favor of God even moves beyond the realm of that which you do, that which you are able to do. It goes beyond your ability. It goes beyond your wisdom. It goes beyond your understanding. It goes beyond the natural. Because with the blessing favor of God, in one month you can achieve what would have taken other people an entire lifetime. And if there's one thing God people, God's people really need to grab a hold of, it's what it means to walk in the favor of God. Because when you understand favor, you will never fear any year, any week, any month, anything as a result or as it pertains to your future. And so quickly, a couple of notes that I made that I want to share with you. It's the fact that Abraham enjoyed favor with God. In Genesis 12, verse 1 and 3, we read that Abraham is favored above everyone else. God's favor is then seen upon him all throughout his life. You see, when he went to Egypt, he enjoyed favor with Pharaoh. So not only do you enjoy favor with God, but all, God's hand can also be upon you to cause you to enjoy favor with man. Favor with man is also code for destiny helpers. And what I saw even in the realm of the Spirit as I was telling Chantal even yesterday, what I saw is I saw this door opening up and people only see and look through the door and look through the opening and they're about to enter in but they don't see anything. But the moment they step in, it's as though destiny helpers just appear and say, we have been summoned. We have been charged to take you where you need to go, to bring to you what needed to be brought to you, to give you the provision for the task at hand of that which you've been called. That's what I saw. And then in Genesis 14, when he had fought those who captured his nephew Lot, again, he enjoyed favor. I mean, here is a man who went from absolute obscurity, Abram becoming Abraham. That within a single chapter, Genesis 12 to Genesis 13, the Bible says in Genesis 13, And Abraham became very rich in cattle, in livestock, and in silver and gold. And one of the exciting things that stood out for me even in this week as I was praying is this. 
this being the year 2024 and I was reminded of Psalm 24 that says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof of which the fullness thereof has been given unto Christ as his inheritance. But the Bible says that we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That's what we have access to. Even Abraham's seed enjoyed favor with God. I'm talking about Isaac. Who amidst a famine, everyone else around him was experiencing famine. That's Genesis 26. Everyone was experiencing famine. And here he was as a foreigner in a foreign land who had sowed a seed in that land. And in the same year, he had reaped a hundredfold of that which he had sown. That is favor, favor, favor. And so the favor of God is not limited to just your life or your lifetime. But the favor of God transcends generations. You think that that which you are doing and the decision you're making, even this morning, as you sow a seed of thanksgiving, as thanksgiving seed, and you might simply be trusting God for your own need and for your own breakthrough and for your own victory, and yet you fail to even understand the reality and the implication of that in the realm of the Spirit, that you're not just sowing a seed for yourself and for your own breakthrough and your own victory, but even that seed transcends generations so that your children and your children's children will walk in breakthrough and victory of that which you were the ones to pioneer and establish because of your faithfulness in Jesus name when the Israelites departed from Egypt they enjoyed favor Exodus 12 36 says and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that whatever they would have asked they received and it was given to them and thus they plundered the wealth of the Egyptians in Malachi 3 verse 10 and 12 we all know this so well but I want to read this from the New Living Translation as we close it says bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will open the windows of heaven for you. And I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. May even your enemies call you blessed in 2024 and beyond. May every naysayer be brought to their knees in acknowledgement to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. That he is a promise keeper as he is a way maker. Proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Bible is a book of instruction, principle and promise. And so with our offering envelopes in our hand and our thanksgiving seed, 
Father, I thank you for this opportunity this morning to sow seed into fertile soil. As we've come to the last day of this year of 2023, what an exciting year it's been. What a challenging year it's been. What a year it's been for us to conquer such high mountains and also slay such massive giants. And here we are. We've overcome every single thing the enemy has thrown our way. Here we stand, firmly rooted in Christ, standing in our faith. Father, I thank you for your word for 2024. Knowing that you are the one who sees the end from the beginning. That you are the one who exists outside of the realm of time. That you are the great eternal I am. And so Lord, I thank you that you will supply all of our need according to your riches and glory. That irrespective of what comes our way in 2024 and beyond, that we enjoy and will continue to enjoy divine, abundant favor with you and with man. I thank you for destiny helpers even now that are summoned. I thank you that you are summoning even now angels, reaping and harvesting angels to grab a hold of that which is rightfully ours as a result of our covenant with you and bringing that to its intended owner now in Jesus' name. Father, as we sow the seed of thanksgiving, I thank you that even this morning we give thanks ahead of time for that which you are about to do in 2024, the greatest year of our lives, the greatest year we've experienced as individuals, the greatest year we've enjoyed as a married couple, the greatest year we've enjoyed as a family, the greatest year we've ever had as a local church, the greatest year ever for the church as a whole, the greatest year for this nation, the greatest year for the nations of the earth, for those who are in Christ Jesus, that they have nothing to fear, nothing to be worried about, that even though this year will also be marked by confusion and calamity and chaos, that we are firmly protected by your powerful and mighty right hand. So Lord, as we release the seed and bring our tithes and our offering to the storehouse, as you have commanded us to do, we do so willingly, not grudgingly, for you love a cheerful giver. What a joy it is to give. What a joy it is to serve you. And what a joy it is to behold that which you have in store for us in 2024. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's come to the front. Let's sow our seed. For those of you, you might not have physical cash with you. You can still be a part of this morning's giving. You can simply go to the website, dominion.org.za forward slash give. You can give online. All the details are right there on the envelope. For those of you who are watching, you too can be part of this giving. The details are right there on the screen, or you can go to dominion.org.za forward slash give. If you'd like to partner with us on a monthly basis, you can do so by going to dominion.org.za forward slash partnership. Hallelujah. And so now I pray that the Lord will bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you. And may he give you peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
But I want you to step out with this thought today. As you go through those doors, and as you go through every other door, today, tomorrow, the rest of the week, and every other day, the moment you go from one part of your home, going through the door, and you even enter your bedroom, every door, let that be a constant reminder that the Lord has opened up a door for you that no man would be able to shut. So when there's things happening in the workplace and there's people who are murmuring and complaining and, and complaining and there's talk about retrenchment and this and that and issues, the moment you step out of that boardroom door, it's like, hey, the Lord has opened up a door which no man... You, you need to walk from that boardroom discussion, from where there's talk about retrenchment, to you walk out, the Lord has opened up a door, and suddenly the Spirit of the Lord just comes upon you, and you walk out and you think, you know what, I'm going to be the one to bail out this company, because you know what, I'm going to own this company, I'm going to take over this company, for this one is mine. I mean, just walk through those doors, and as you do, let that be a reminder of the fact that you will never ever lack any open door, for he has opened up a door wide open that no one can shut. God bless you. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you'd like to help Kevin and Chantel reach and impact this generation, thank you in advance for sharing this episode with your world. If you have enjoyed Dominion today, follow Kevin and Chantel on Instagram, Facebook, and your favorite podcast platform, or connect with them online at dominion.org.za.